Hi again, folks, and welcome back to NTI's Japan Real Estate Property Podcast. I'm your host, Ziv Nakajima again. Great to have you with us today. Thanks for tuning in. Before we get right into today's topic, just a quick heads up. We've just published the second part in our ebook series, Japan Real Estate Property Investment for Foreigners. The first part, which was published last year, was more of an introductory guide to this、uh, market, the world's second biggest property investment market, Japan. And in the first part, we covered everything that anyone who was interested in investment here but didn't know much about it might have wanted to know. In the second part, we're diving a bit deeper and getting right into the nitty gritty stuff. So there are a lot of detailed discussions about locations, population trends, local economies, various types of tenancies, guest houses, share houses, financing. So everything we regularly discuss here on the podcast, including deal analysis chapters, of course, with numbers, pictures, and a whole lot of QA. Answering general questions about Japan's unique challenges,、uh, things like earthquake insurance, other natural disasters, commercial property scene here, and all kinds of other advantages, disadvantages, tips, tricks, etc. So, a lot more hands on than the first part in the series, and in handy PDF format. So, you can take it anywhere with you on your phone, tablet, etc. Just scroll, zoom down to whatever you want to refer to on any particular topic. Really good resource to have with you, and it's completely free. You can refer to it time and time again whenever you want to refresh your memory on any particular topic without having to listen back to old podcast episodes. So, highly recommended. We'll link to the download page in this episode's show notes. Hope you enjoyed this book. If you haven't read the first part in the series yet, the new book's intro chapter has a link to download the first part as well. So, grab part two, and you'll find a link to download part one on the very first page. Now, speaking of QA, we're continuing onwards with our QA sessions today. The following question comes from Andre in the USA. He's a new client and first time investor to Japan. And he's wondering what and where to invest in on a relatively limited budget. So, here's his question, which was sent to us last week. Hello, Ziv. Hope all is well.、Uh, this is Andre reaching out from Alaska and、uh, had a question for you.、Um, how would you recommend? An investor gets started、uh, with Japan properties、uh, who has about $50,000 to $100,000 or so to start out with in terms of diversification,、uh, what locations to consider, and so forth. All right, look forward to hearing your answer and have a great one. Bye. Okay, so good question, and one that we do get quite a lot. Someone has a starting budget that's not too high, just $50,000 or $100,000 or so, and they're wondering what's the best way to utilize that budget. Well, like all things related to investment, the answer is, of course, it depends. Firstly, it depends on whether it's really $50K or $100K or somewhere in between. So, on a budget of $50K, options could be pretty limited. You're going to be buying just one or two small apartments, basically. Most likely not in mega cities like Tokyo, Yokohama, Kawasaki,、uh, Osaka. So the options before you are either second tier cities, places like Sapporo or Fukuoka, where you can still find properties at 30 to 50,000. Maybe still something in Nagoya or Kobe, although Nagoya specifically has just about surpassed that budget in the last year or two. And that's most likely going to be just one property. So, a studio or one bedroom unit, maybe two bedrooms in Sapporo at this budget if you're lucky. And depending on location and the level of involvement that you want, you're going to be able to lease that on either a long term or a monthly basis. Most likely long term, simply because at this budget, you're going to be going for an older, smaller unit. 
the only option to turn it into an attractive monthly rental apartment is if it's in a really, really central location. So in that case, people may consider leasing out even a less attractive property just due to its location. In third tier cities, and that's not a dirty word, so places that we've mentioned here before like Kumamoto, some of the bedroom communities around Tokyo, say up to 45 or 60 minutes by train, these are also excellent investments for long-term tenancy purposes. And in those places with that budget, you might even be able to grab two apartments because there are still apartments available there at just over $20,000. So if you've got $50,000, you might be scraping uh, the limit, but you might be able to get two of those. But in most cases, uh, at this budget, you're probably looking at something a bit less central in an area which can be fine for standard Japanese tenants who just want to have a cheap place to live and within walking distance to convenient public transport, but not likely to be super attractive to holiday makers, traveling business people, etc., who are the kinds of people who normally rent out by the month. But still, older and smaller units in reasonable locations generate good yields, and you're most likely, depending on the city and suburb, going to be able to generate at least 6% net pre-tax, even with a standard long-term lease, potentially higher than that in Sapporo, or if you manage to find an older, tiny little studio, again, in a city center, you might even be able to rent it out by the month, which would bring your yield up even further. Now, if your budget is closer to 100K, that's when things start getting a bit more interesting. So for starters, you can definitely be looking at more locations or more than just one property. Up to three of these older and smaller units in places like Sapporo or Kumamoto, both of which are very good for long-term tenancies, uh, barring again winter months in Sapporo when it can be harder to repopulate a property because of the snow. Or you could go for a single property, but something nicer and fancier and in a better location, which you can then definitely monetize as a monthly rental with a bit of furniture, internet connection, and potentially double the long-term yields. Not to mention that if you're someone who visits Japan fairly regularly, say once every one or two years, having a property that's being leased out on a monthly basis means that you can plan your trip uh, so that you can use the property yourself when you're here, and that saves you an extra thousand or two thousand bucks every time you visit. And really considering the typical hotel room sizes in Japan, it's much more comfortable to have your own home to stay in when you visit. Now, on the upper end of that range, if you really are closer to 100, you can even find pretty reasonable apartments to buy in Tokyo, Yokohama, and Osaka at this price level. Again, might be a bit smaller and older, but in good, convenient locations. And that makes it ideal for both the monthly lease program, again, and for your own use. Now, lastly, and this is for those among us who are really into Japan's countryside, uh, people who tend to come here for skiing, hiking, uh, temple or onsen hopping, etc. 50 to 100K can also get you a beautiful old house on a nicely sized plot of land in many, many places out of the city. So you won't be smack in the middle of an onsen town or right next to the slopes in uh, Niseko, but definitely within a short drive to some of these beautiful holiday spots in the mountains somewhere. And if you're the DIY type or you plan to save a little bit more in the future and do the place up when your funds allow it, you could really turn it into a dream home over a period of time. This is also an interesting path to pursue if, like many of our clients, you're dreaming about setting up a guest house or traditional inn somewhere in the countryside one of these days. And for many people, especially those among us, again, who really love Japan and all that it offers, this is a hell of a retirement or even early semi-retirement dream 
well worth pursuing. So yeah, definitely plenty of options there. Japan is one of the few places in the developed world where this relatively small budget can really be put to work for investors. Apartments in reasonable spots can still be had for even $30,000, let alone fifty. And there's absolutely no reason to lock these types of funds away in some tiny interest-bearing term deposit account. If you have got your heart set on owning real estate, you can definitely put that money to good use here in Japan in many, many ways. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode, folks. That's basically it from us for today. Hope to have you with us next time. And that one might be a bit delayed. Apologies in advance. Uh, Flying out to Israel tomorrow. It's Dad's 70th birthday. Yay! Happy birthday, Dad! Here's to another 70 years at the very least. So it may take two or three weeks for me to record a new episode again. Bear with me. We will be back. Quick reminder, if you've got any need to remit funds overseas at any amount from 250 bucks and upwards, we are now an official OFX partner, which means that if you follow the link in the show notes, we'll put it there for you right under the ebook download link, and you sign up with OFX through that link, Okay, it has to be through that link so that your new account is associated with us as a referring partner. That'll flag you for them to enjoy fee-free transfers, again, from anywhere in the world to anywhere else, as long as one of the accounts in the transaction is under your name. And this is at rates that'll make your banker blush, seriously. They simply cannot compete. Hope to have you with us next time. Do share this episode and the podcast with your networks if you think they may find this info interesting or valuable. And please, please drop us a quick star rating. One star for bad, five stars for good, or anything in between. And even better, if you could take a second to write a quick review, if you can, on iTunes, on Stitcher, or wherever you may have found us. Help us reach more people, help more people find us, and just let us know what you think. We'd love to hear from you, even if it's only in the comments section. Thanks again for tuning in, and until next time, from all of us here at NTI, we wish you a great weekend, and as always, happy investing.